0: Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text BOBBY to seven eight five eight three three. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785
1: Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of Outlaw Country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted, audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boars Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boars Nest. <sighs> Welcome to episode one fifty three with Rachel Wamag. I like to sing your song because when we were playing our show together at the Ryman, it was. I like to sing it in a big like Broadway style.
0: Yes, I know. Love can do. <laughs>
1: it's a good one though, but I like to sing it and. A little bit, I wanted to sing it with you, but it's so good. You know what? You I should have. You know what I did during the show? Because um, whenever you're listening to this, here's the deal with Rachel. She played uh, my. You may be listening to this ten years from now. I don't know. This is probably in the archives. <laughs> you think of the Library of Congress. It could be. Okay. <laughs> so back at the beginning of 2019, I played and I, I put together a big charity show called the. It's my band, the Raging Idiots It's the Million Dollar Show, and you came in. And the rule for the new artist which you're considered a, a brand new artist. Yeah. What do you remember the rule? You know what the, what, the, what the restraints I put on New Artists were? With songs, no. selection? It was, you have to do, you can do one original, but and you, one cover. you have to do one yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah, not yeah. two originals, because you're too new.
0: I didn't know it was a sh- restraint. So, okay, cool.
1: Or maybe it was...
0: I was glad you asked for that, so...
1: So, what you were going to do is you were going to do Damage first. Play me a little bit of Damage. This song I'm, I'm singing. This is a good one I'm for me. <laughs> I like to sing this one. Oh, I love okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but we went to practice the day before, and you were playing this first. Yes. And you were doing uh, sitting, sitting, on the dock of the bay second. Yes. And I was like, don't do that, because I, like, I know it's second one slow, but you're gonna have the crowd like standing up for you. You got to play <laughs> damage second. And I switched it up, and then you played it. And then what happened? They freaking went crazy. That
0: was amazing. They went crazy. You're right. You're you right. It that was pretty amazing.
1: I got to pick five artists at the beginning of this year. Uh, for my class of twenty nineteen and I did pick you up, put you in my class, which means we do stuff like this. I
0: know. I'm so thankful.
1: Late at night for me.
0: I know. We're here in the afternoon. No, it's six PM. This it is, is evening. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe it's afternoon this for you. This is my afternoon. It's <laughs> evening for me. because
1: I don't know what time you go to bed, but eight or eight thirty. Oh my gosh, Bobby. we have to wake up at three thirty. It used to be three.
0: Are you serious? You wake up at three thirty?
1: Yeah, it used to be three. Until recently oh it was three eight. But you gotta understand, Rachel. I have to be on the air and ready to go at, at five. five. So, mm. and I don't—I'm not a morning person. Wow. In any way, mm-hmm. you morning person?
0: Um, I'm the happiest in the mornings. Really? Yes, but wow. I don't. But I like to sleep in. Me so, too. And I'm riding every day, so you know, my day starts at like eleven for a ride, which is mm. like. It's like really awesome.
1: Would you time out from like 11 to 3, 11 to 4? Yeah, 4
0: or 5. Moment. It just depends on like what kind of demo we're doing, you know. Sometimes I like to do a lot of background vocals and that'll take a couple hours, but if it's something a little bit more simple, we can get done earlier.
1: Rachel and I were just we spent a little bit of time talking about interviews and how to be interviewed. And did you feel like you learned anything?
0: Yes, I learned a lot.
1: Do you think, because we sat down in the living room just for a bit of time.
0: I'm glad you asked that. <laughs>
1: you know what I, okay. Uh, my, my idea, I'll tell you some, some hacks okay. I taught her. Because I come from the land of, not only am I interviewing everyone, yes. from the biggest artists to brand new artists that I, I really like their music. And I don't have to interview everyone because there are big artists that I say no to all the time. There are new artists that people will go, why would you put them on? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, because I love their music, right? And so I was kind of, I interview everyone and I also am interviewed all the time. Yes. Because I'm also not, I'm just not an interview radio guy. I also do other things. People want to interview me for their shows. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was telling her, I said, sometimes about once or twice in an interview, tell them, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know, you know, make them feel like, wow, she really thinks I'm special at in interviewing. I've never been asked but that before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Honestly, genuinely, mm-hmm. I do want to say that to people sometimes and I think it and I don't say it out loud. So, I think, I'm glad you pointed that out because
1: she's doing it right now. See, people <laughs> people marketing. ask me some
0: very intriguing questions sometimes, and I'm like, okay, I can get into this. Thank you for asking me. So that's that's great advice.
1: And then what do you? It's not, a great tool. What do you not? Oh, she's using my words back. I do I, ta- I told her. I said, I'm not teaching you how to do every interview. I'm just giving you tools. some tools. <laughs> these are tools. These are
0: tools, Rachel. Um, you said not to say. I get that question all the time.
1: Uh, I get when. Because there are some questions you just have to ask in an interview. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to. But you feel like if you don't, there's part of your audience that is new to whomever. For example, Dan and Shay. I've known Mm -hmm. them since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But there are times I have to be like, hey, so wait, how'd you guys get together again? Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing it for me, but I'm doing it for the people listening. And they wouldn't do this to me at this point. But they they could easily be like, oh, man, we get asked it all the time. And all of a sudden, you're like, I know. Yeah. I, I really like. I know you get asked this all the time, but throw me a bone. Just answer the freaking question. Yeah, you know well, that's help.
0: a basic, great question that a lot of people might not know. So, so you don't, it's very informational.
1: You don't say.
0: Oh, I get that I get asked all, all the, the time.
1: time. <laughs> what Quit question, it. What question do you get asked all the time?
0: I get asked if I am Leanne Womack's daughter.
1: Rachel Womack, Leanne Womack.
0: Yeah. A lot of people, I don't know, they don't know our names are spelled differently, but I've I've never met Leanne Wemack. You haven't? I've never met her. I would love to meet her and just tell her that everyone thinks I'm her daughter. But she does have a daughter who's in country music, Aubrey Sellers, who I'm sure is fantastic, but... Leanne Womack and I get our hair done at the same place. So Dude, all, that's all the- pretty great. <laughs> right, <Mike. laughs> is that my yeah. anecdote? Yes.
1: Great answer. <laughs> right. That's good. That's funny. But that's
0: that amazing. is pretty. I am like pretty honored that we get our hair done at the same place. And her hair always looks amazing. So I trust mine hopefully will too.
1: How much does the haircut cost for you or style?
0: More than it is in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder, I wonder like, I don't know if Leanne like, has to do because I feel like she has a lot of different colors too, like over time. So, that's not the question I asked. How much is a haircut?
1: Like, a hairstyle? like an actual my, cut? I'll go first. My style, if I go in, it's like $45. No. And, and then I'm close with it's probably more for you. And I'm close with my person, yeah, so I but grab I, get, out of her.
0: I get like color too. So, it's like so I don't think, yeah, I mean, under a little under 200 but it also depends if I'm doing like a partial or a full color.
1: How often do you do a color?
0: It depends. I'm going darker right now. So basically my girl is like growing out my natural hair color. It's kind of like people doing ombre a little bit, but she grows out my natural hair color and also colors the top of my head, the natural hair color. So it's like it can grow out now and I don't have to get it colored as much because it's hard when you're like on radio tour and touring, like you can't just go and get your hair done all the time. So they work with me.
1: Listen, I get, I can't get mine done all the time. My, I have my stylus on
0: mm-hmm. all
1: the time. Like if you, can, like tomorrow I'm going because I was like, I'm going to go shoot American Idol next How
0: week. often do you get your hair done?
1: Uh, more than I probably should. But anytime I have to go back on camera, I make it fresh. Yeah. And I try to make the top look fresh. Yeah. The top needs to look a little bit yeah. long. <laughs> yes. But I can't have my neck all gross if I'm on TV. Yeah. So sometimes a week and a half. Sometimes a month and a half. But if I'm going See, on, that's how
0: I. Yes. Like well, mine would never up. be a week and a half, but yeah, I feel you. Mine's probably okay. They say like for color, you, you go in for like every six or eight weeks. Yeah. But I probably wait longer. So.
1: Let me play some of these songs real quick. Let's okay. do, um This is Rachel Womack. This is a song that we just talked about. This is called Damage. Go ahead and hit that song again. Tell me about this song
0: Well When I moved to Nashville From Muscle Shoals I didn't have A deal And so had to get a job Um, And I didn't know Anybody in Nashville Hardly Other than my friend Who worked at this bar In Green Hills And he got me a job Working with him And um, I was a job I, I worked as a bartender And I'd never been a bartender before. And I worked there for a year. And I was a pretty crappy bartender.
1: You were? Why?
0: Well, I'm not... I have never been good at making drinks. So, like, martinis are really difficult. Margaritas are difficult. But the good thing was it was a hotel bar. So a lot of people just wanted, like, gin and tonic or whiskey and Coke or whatever. But despite not being the quickest at making drinks the nights that were like really slow and I would have one or two people come and just sit with me for like three or four hours I would feel like I was a therapist to people a lot and um I would just hear a lot of stories that I didn't expect people to open up and tell me and it made me feel really good because I felt like People told me a lot of things that they probably hadn't shared with like friends or family in years, things that you just kind of bottle up over time. And um, it was it was really cool because I got to share stories, too. And I just felt like we're not all that different. And damage just came uh, the next day after writing um, with Mr. Tom Douglas And um, David Hodges and I just told him about me bartending and hearing some of these stories and I was like I don't really know what I'm doing but you know I feel like a lot of people really need to be listened to Um, and it's really important for us and I'm glad that I was able to be a bartender so I could listen to people and um, just be there for people and I felt like in my life before being a bartender I was not a really great listener and I feel like I wasn't honestly, like it made me a better friend just being a bartender. Cause I don't know. I, the funny thing is I wasn't able to leave, you know, when people telling me <laughs> stories, but I think that was like really, really important that I, you know, had to be there. And I was like, this is really important what I'm doing. Cause you know, they say like your bartender and your hairdresser or whatever, they, they are your therapist and. It it was really awesome. I'm thankful that my first single came from a job that I never thought I would have.
1: It's funny that you talk about being a bartender making you a better friend. I feel like being a waiter made me a better human. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you have to Mm -hmm. depend on other people and hopefully... You have to, you know, make your means through their kindness. Yeah. It makes you such a, a, just a better person.
0: Yeah. And
1: treat people differently and and treat your, you know, and it's a metaphor, but treat your waiters different. You treat Mm -hmm. everybody different.
0: Oh, yeah. I I mean, I tip my bartenders, you know?
1: Yeah. Because you know, Mm
0: because you know,
1: that because your bartender is having to pay their rent Mm -hmm. based on your tips.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to live in Nashville if I, you know, wouldn't have had a job and and I'm thankful, though, that that was the job. I mean, not only because I got my first single, but like you said, like, I just feel like it made my heart better and made me, um, like, not cut people off in conversation when they're trying to talk about something deep or important. Because a lot of times I'd be like, I got to go. I got to, you know, do whatever. And I feel like I give people more of my time now.
1: Yeah, those early jobs. Like, I worked at Hobby Lobby for a long time. Mm-hmm and
0: i love hobby lobby
1: yeah and then my name tag said hobby lobby bobby <laughs> yeah i got made fun of a lot and your that song
0: one. yes yeah, that's right
1: where, where that song came from we both wrote songs based on our past i love too.
0: that um, heck yeah that make. made us better people Absolutely so we are did. thankful for them
1: uh let me uh yeah, throw the commercial real quick the world is full of sounds that warn you of danger, like if you get a little too close to a rattlesnake, you're the chk 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 But in the digital world, if your personal information is in danger, there is no chk-chk-chk to let you know that you might be in trouble. The good thing is that LifeLock has added the power of Norton Security to see more cyber threats, whether it's potential threats to your identity like your personal information for sale on the dark web or threats to your devices like malware or emerging viruses. If you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can stop every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton can detect a wide range of threats that could sneak up on you. Join now and get 10% off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter the promo code BONES. 1-800-LIFELOCK, enter the promo code BONES for 10% off At LifeLock.com. I love LifeLock. I have used LifeLock. They've helped me so many times. LifeLock.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. Talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition. Timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first-wear comfort. Little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there.
1: Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Alright, so how about we do you know what song I like? And I think I put this on my Etsy story a long time ago was Closure. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. this one. Don't you dare give me closure. Did this one? uh yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You any story behind this one?
0: I wrote this with Mr. Johnny Price. And um, in Nashville, we do a lot of like three-way rights, and and this was just the two of us. And this was probably my longest write I've ever had in my life. I think we wrote from 11 a.m. to probably seven at night, and then Johnny wanted to come back the next day and continue to rework the vocals. And my voice was, like, just shot. From singing? and Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, because after singing, like, eight hours straight, and at that point I hadn't had much vocal coaching either, so I didn't really know how to warm up. And I just, like, torched my voice that day. And I came back, and I was, like, pissed because I was, like, my voice is so tired. I was, like, Johnny, come on. And it ended up being one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And... I'm so thankful that he was as conscious and intentional about getting the right vocal on the demo because when I went in the studio with Dan, I just felt like I knew exactly what it was supposed to be like. So it was worth every second and he's brilliant.
1: There's a a Bobby cast with Dan Huff, which we did a year and a half ago. It's about, yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big Dan Huff fan because even when he played, he was a player. Mm -hmm. I mean, he... And he has Michael Jackson stories, and he has Paul Abdul stories, and now yeah. he produces the coolest stuff. But I, I asked him a long time ago, I said, hey, who is it that you work with now that's like any good that I'd never heard of? Mm-hmm. He said your freaking name. He said Rachel
0: Womack. Well, I love mean? Dan. And Closure um, was one of Dan's favorites, I feel like, that we did on that EP. And um, he's the best, man. He's the
1: nicest guy. He'll call and leave me, not voicemail, he'll leave me voice text. <laughs> Me is, too. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Bobby. Hey man, I just watched it. It was so great to, you did this. Oh, no, he's the nicest guy.
0: Well, he is the first way, uh, I ever heard about you because we went in, uh, to the studio and he actually had to push it back a little bit later. And I didn't know why, but I went in with him later and he was like, yeah, sorry. I had to, you know, push us back. Um, I just did this interview with Bobby Bones and I was like oh yeah I've heard of him and he was like oh he's he's awesome and he said I felt well I asked him I was like you know do you like interviewing after all this time like how how was it with Bobby and he said it was amazing because he had my tracks that I'd done when I was a teenager pulled up and it was just like a really cool experience because he had all the knowledge and, and just made me feel so welcomed. And I was like, okay, Bobby's cool. Bobby's cool. I
1: was also just a huge fan, you know? Well,
0: me too. And yeah. the, f- the coolest, best part about Dan, other than him being a brilliant musician, producer, is that he is one of my favorite humans ever. And even though he has like the most amazing like just amazing repertoire of all the things he's done on these amazing projects. Um, He's humble, like genuinely humble and genuinely kind. And it's just awesome to work with someone like that. Because I was intimidated going in with my first producer ever. And I was like, crap, this guy's going to be like, it's my way or the highway. You know, I've done all this stuff. And he's truly collaborative and just made me feel like my ideas are just as valid as his. And I don't know. That's just a really good feeling for someone like me who's young and inexperienced. And he just made me feel important.
1: If you listen to the Dan Huff Bobby cast, it's back a few episodes. But there's a story he tells about being in an airport and hearing <laughs> a, uh, like a guitar lick. And he's like, man, it's really good. It's a Paul Abdul song. Is like, that's a good? And his brother's like, yeah, that's you, Tommy.
0: when he played it, <laughs> he, he, didn't, would. he didn't play with he Paul so Abdul. He
1: just went in the studio and played it, reading off piece of paper. And then once it the gets, list goes, yeah, on and it. on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, shout out Dan if you're listening to this. I uh, love you, Dan. You're from Muscle Shoals, Alabama.
0: Yes. Yeah. What's that?
1: What's that? Tell me about you growing up.
0: Well, Muscle Shoals is like two hours south of Nashville. And is that close? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I can go home heck in a day yep. or or just spend a weekend at home and come back. I'm pretty spoiled. Um, but I'll, I will say, you know, the Muscle Strolls music history is just very vast and very amazing um, as far as its blues history. And so you would think that I would be like some blues guitar player but actually, my uh, main instrument in the high school marching band was the marimba, an oversized marimba. xylophone.
1: Oh, that's what that's called? It's uh, a
0: marimba. Marim- how you, you, but, but how do
1: you get into doing the marimba the first time?
0: Well, I started in middle school band, and I remember being in the middle school band playing the snare drum. Because I don't know, I just liked the percussive instruments, and we watched the high school players uh, do this concert one night, and I saw uh, for their like end of the show they had a bunch of it was marimbas and vibraphones and xylophones. Sorry if I bore you. Are those but
1: all xylophone? Like is it a what's it called a vibraphone? Is that kind of a xylophone? Yeah, yeah, so
0: it's it's a xylophone with a pedal, and it's like a metal instrument and um anyway they did this really cool song and everyone was just performing so well and like smiling and it just sounded really cool and unique and i was like i just i want to do that one day and so in high school i tried out for the marimba and started playing in this thing called percussion ensemble and which taught me a lot of work ethic and we competed and you already
1: play piano though
0: I played piano. Um, My mom made me take lessons when I was six years old. And she said, You need to take four years of lessons and then you can do whatever you want. And I'm thankful that she did because now I get to play piano as part of my shows. So, did you keep playing
1: piano the whole time? So, after 10 years old, you stay on the piano?
0: Yeah. So, I hated lessons with like a burning passion, which I guess any little kid, you know, they don't like to sit down forever. But, um, I played for four years, learned some great theory, I feel like, and learned how to read music. And then in middle school, uh, at like 11 and 12, I was listening to Sarah Bareilles and Adele who were very piano driven, um, artists at the time. And it was something that I was like, I could learn these songs on piano. So I started learning. I learned Someone Like You on the Piano. And um, I learned uh, Gravity by Sarah Bareilles. And I just fell in love with figuring out how different songs just come together on the piano keys and how I could play them. And that was what birthed uh, songwriting for me because I just started writing my own music and put chords together. And I just loved the way... The piano sounded, and so it just kind of went from there. I just kept on writing in middle school and high school.
1: Were you like king dingling of music in school? Like in college, were, were they like she's the best? Like big fish, no. small pond type thing?
0: Um, no, but I was kind of an attention hog. I feel like I always, um, like just wanted to perform like that's all i've wanted to do literally my whole life is performing my parents say that at family gatherings when i was really little at my grandparents they had this little blue stool in the middle of the room and i would get on top of the little blue stool and i would say everybody's singing with me and i just wanted like to perform for whoever and like that carried in middle school and high school for our um graduating class i wrote a song for a graduating class and performed it at graduation you did i did and like now i'm like that's so nerdy but everybody said that they liked it and like you know everybody was crying but what was it called it was called thanks for the memories it was so lame but it was really fun and it's a sweet memory now but um yeah, I just, I love performing out. And I was I, I was songwriting a whole lot in high school and just working on my craft.
1: My high school graduation, I wrote a poem and read it out loud. At, at it, it was,
0: Stop.
1: Okay, but that, you sang a song. It's the same thing. Like, I wrote a big poem.
0: No, I love that.
1: Okay, well, I love the fact that you played a song. Well, thanks. <laughs> I look back at my poem. I think I have it here in my house somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how cheesy is this? But you know what? I know. We should always look back at the work we created a long time ago and think, oh, that kind of sucks. Because as long as it still sucks, it means (laughs) we are, we're We're growing, we're growing. And so it's okay to feel that way.
0: Well, mine, I always talk about food in my songs. I, well, I can't remember. I think we talked about French fries in the song, but
1: you know, thanks thanks for the memory. I'll miss all you guys. It the was something like us
0: sharing French fries French or whatever, fries. Yeah. you know.
1: Uh, you were Miss University of North Alabama.
0: Yes, I was.
1: You're a pageant girl.
0: No, I no. wouldn't say I was a pageant if girl. You a
1: pageant, you're a pageant girl.
0: <laughs> well, I guess I was. I just feel like I wasn't. But I started. I didn't grow up doing pageants.
1: There's nothing wrong with being a pageant. I
0: know. Girl. I'm just saying most. Girls in the pageant that competed with me would say it's not, like, negative or positive that I just really wasn't a pageant girl. And, like, in high school, I feel like I maybe did one pageant in high school. Did you win? No.
1: Do you know I judged Miss America this year? This last time?
0: Yes. I was one of
1: the freaking judges. I
0: know. And and I had
1: control. It was crazy. (laughs) How
0: did you feel?
1: Like, I had too much power, to be honest with you. I know. (laughs) Because what they did is they cut it from... They cut it to, like, the top 24, and they pulled us in a room. It was me, Randy Jackson from American Idol. Remember him?
0: Yeah, I love Randy. Uh, it was.
1: Oh, Carrie Ann was the host. She, was so the she, host? Was, she wasn't a judge. Yeah, and she was, I was the host. Um, so, anyway, I'm judging, and there are, like, five of us, and I'm, like, writing scores down, and the freaking girl that I picked won. It's crazy. crazy. Bro, much, I you too, knew. But I had too much power. We had to watch, yeah. we had to watch videos. My point was... There's a lot that goes into that.
0: There's a lot. And I I went into um, competing for Miss University of North Alabama because um, I wanted to pay for my college. And that's, it's like, it is one of the primary things Absolutely. is it's a scholarship pageant. And so, and me again, wanting to perform, I knew that there was a talent portion and I knew that I had a unique instrument.
1: Would you play the, the marimba? <laughs> really I played would? it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You did? I thought you played piano and sing.
0: No. So what I did was I played the marimba and I had a lapel mic and I sang. And so when I was competing for Miss UNA, I played Flashdance, uh, What a Feeling by Irene Kara. Oh, well, what a feeling. What a feeling. Yeah.
1: So you would sing that?
0: Oh, what if it? Yes, yes. And I had my high school band director arrange um, like a version of that for me to play on marimba, and I learned it, and it was so freaking fun. Like I loved it, and everyone else was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so different." And I won talent at Miss U N A, and and ended up winning the whole thing. And I went and competed at Miss Alabama. And I'm like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And all these girls are so experienced. And I learned just, I learned how to walk in heels, um, run in heels. But it was really cool because playing um, and doing my talent for that large of an audience, I feel like prepared me even for something like, you know, playing on your million dollar show, like, just it was another practice for me for playing for bigger audiences and it was really fun. Yeah,
1: that's funny. Could you still play marimba?
0: I think I can. Yeah. I played it at a, at a radio station actually yeah. uh, on Radio Tour. They heard that I played marimba and brought the marimba from their high school in in that area. And um
1: That's a funny bit. Who do you remember what show it was? I give them a shout out cuz that's a funny bit.
0: Um it was in Florida. They were literally so so sweet and brought like mallets and everything and i played i played the irene kara um and it was just it was awesome like standing of of all whatever i bet 15 listeners though, that right? were
1: in there oh it wasn't on the air
0: um well it, it was on the air but everyone in the room oh, okay, like they it. had some listeners come in and it was just so fun i thought that was so thoughtful like of them to bring in the marimba because normally you know i'm just playing piano or or just, not playing I'm at all. Just
1: playing <laughs> piano. So, <laughs> so you're playing marimba. If you pull that out on stage at some point, like a real, like you're playing a show, people would lose their crap, right? Yeah, um, would be funny. <laughs> if I'm did, telling oh, you. Oh, what a feeling! <laughs> what a feeling! Let me tell
0: you, Bobby. Go ahead. Okay, one day, my if if I can headline a show,
1: go ahead. You will at some point.
0: Um, my encore would be the marimba. And I would do, I would do like three songs just so it could be like, I think. <laughs> no, you don't
1: want to do three. You just want to do one. No.
0: You want to go be like,
1: you, you want to roll it out. You to, what you want to do is I'm going to go ahead and set your set
0: When your you up. see it one day, you're going to want
1: three songs. But here's, here's what you do. Ready, Rachel? Yes. I'm going to tell you how to play the marimba because I've never even seen one <laughs> okay. in your next one.
0: You work. know, you know it if you saw it.
1: This is what I would do. I would roll it out. And I'll be like, what is, if I were, I'm being you right now?
0: Oh, you're me. Mm-hmm. What?
1: What is this? What? this is like a big old xylophone? Mm-hmm. Am I, I'm supposed to like hit this thing and you go, bing. And you're like, huh?
0: <laughs> bing, bing.
1: Well, this is crazy. And then you look back at your guys and go, does anyone know how to work this thing? Is it plugged in? <laughs> at this point, everyone's like, ah, "Oh crap!" she's got a huge xylophone. This is funny. Yeah. You go, bing, 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 bing. Huh. Well... I guess I can try it.
0: Pours out the, full, the four mallets. Then it, yeah, and it's like,
1: oh, what a fit <laughs> And you crush it, and the crowd's like, oh, my God. because I do it. That I, would be the debut. It would be hilarious. People <laughs> would be shocked, and you would crush it. Because okay, y- you would put, I'm going to do it. You would tilt them a certain way of them rooting for you, going, oh, we obviously aren't familiar with this instrument either. Right. And they're like, oh, this is going to be... Then when you crush it... They go the whole different direction, and they're yes. so moved by it; they'll give you a standing go. I'm telling you.
0: Okay, I do we're a, gonna do it. It's my dream. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it, but it's definitely hard to um, transport.
1: Oh, it, it seems like so. Be a bit. Uh, I do a bit on my comedy shows where, if we can, and if Brandon Ray's opening for me, do you know mm-hmm. Brandon Ray? Yeah, love him. Love him, and he's in the crowd. I will. We did this in Michigan, and and so I'll be like hey, listen, i like to give new artists a shot to anybody in the crowd who plays guitar. And so a few people raise their hand, and i will be like, uh, what about you? And then it's Brandon who I've planted in the crowd. Oh, and yes. then Brandon will walk out and be like, what's your name, man? i go, man, it's Jimmy. I'm like, Jimmy, you ever played for a crowd this big? Because there'd be a couple thousand people there. Uh, pff, no. Uh, just give it a shot, Jimmy. <laughs> and then he takes the same thing, right? He, yeah. he goes, he goes yeah. clunk, clunk, clunk. And I'm like, dude, just take, take a breath. <laughs> and then he'll play and he'll go and then he just crushes it yes and the crowd's gone from just rooting for him with they all their might and then they're all like
0: ah! yes okay you know, I love that mm.
1: so um, tell me <laughs> so you've told me this story before but I think it's such an yeah. interesting story so you're playing in a rest, one of those spinning restaurants in Alabama
0: yes are you just playing
1: at dinner or something like trying to make a few bucks for, for college or what
0: yeah so this had become at this point kind of a regular gig for me um, in Alabama uh-huh. And muscle Wait, Let me uh huh. Well,
1: Let me rewind. Did you win Miss Alabama?
0: No. Where'd you place? I didn't make top 10, but I did win... So I don't know what place I did if you're not top 10 or whatever. Okay. Um, but I did win Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah? And I won talent overall which so you, was cool you got two
1: things and you didn't even finish
0: the top 10 Nope.
1: What kind of garbage it's weird competition like that it
0: it's weird you never know i should
1: have been judging this one <laughs> well
0: my parents Either were one. like after i won the preliminary talent my parents were like oh she's top 10 she's top 10 i'm like y'all do not get excited because i didn't make top 10 but i did get enough scholarship money uh to pay for college and that was my goal that's cool and i learned a lot of really wonderful things along the way how to um you know, volunteer, like things that I just didn't realize went along with the pageant. So anyway,
1: anyway, let's talk about you playing in the rotating restaurant.
0: Yes. So the restaurant is in Florence, Alabama, which I'll educate you a little bit. Muscle Shoals and Florence, Alabama are separated just by this bridge. So Muscle Shoals is where I grew up. Florence is where the rotating restaurant is and where the University of North Alabama is. They're like in the same area. And it had become like my regular thing um, because I would sub in for my friend, Mr. Harvey Thompson, Jr., who's like the most fabulous piano player. And um, he just had me fill in for him when he couldn't make it. And he was playing a lot of gigs, so I just fill in for him a lot. And it's a rotating restaurant, which means like the tables are moving on the outside, but I would be stationary. So people would come by me and like hear me like really loud and close and then they'd move away and they like couldn't hear me for a while. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. But it's kind of nice for people that want to have a nice dinner because you can have time to talk and then you can come back around and listen to music. So one night, um, I noticed this guy at the bar, um, and I had no idea who he was, but I knew he was paying attention to my music. And so I always try to cater to whoever that is and, you know, if they want to ask me you know to play something for him I'll try to play a cover and he he just though just I felt like he was just really appreciating the music and then I saw him uh, go over to his table and so I didn't see him for a while and then at the end of the night he comes up to me again and uh he gives me his card and he says hey I'm Jim uh I'm from Sony Music in Nashville and I was a senior in high school so I was 17 and literally thought he was about to kidnap me. Like, I'm like, this is sketchy. I don't know. He's not, definitely not who he says he is. And anyway, but I was like, thank you so much, you know, for liking my music. And he was like, you know, let me know if you'd ever like to talk about, you know, your songwriting career. And maybe if you'd be interested in moving to Nashville, Um, I'd love to talk to your parents. Because I'm like just a kid. And so anyway, I took the card home. And my parents were like, no, this is legit, Sony Nashville. And so my dad and I went to Nashville um, first time for me, and we met with Jim and just talked about what it would be like to songwrite. And we actually looked out his window and saw like all of Music Row, and he was like, yeah, everyone goes just about every day to ride in these little houses out there. And I was like, why would they do that? I don't even understand why everybody, Like it was so foreign to me, the whole thing. And um, so we even, you know, talked about moving to Nashville instead of going to college, like what that would be like. And um, so we had a great meeting, but I ended up, you know, knowing in my gut that I wanted to go uh, get a degree because that's something, you know, nobody can ever take away from me. And I am really glad that I got one because it was cool, you know, Growing up in my hometown and then performing out in my hometown, I had a lot of support and I would play at a lot of different restaurants and that would turn into me playing at people's business meetings and playing at people's weddings and just parties and like playing at people's barns, like just literally so much fun. And um, that would be like basically helping me pay rent as well in college And um, worked on my craft as a songwriter. And I'm thankful, you know, everybody's path is different, but I'm thankful that I spent my, you know, four years of college there developing um, because I felt like I was able to just really focus on me. And here, you know, there's so many artists. I feel like you can just feel like you're getting lost. And I really felt like I could just completely be myself. And um, so then I graduated College, and I remember I was running on the treadmill, and I had this thought in my head, and it, was just, it just came. It was just like text Jim now and invite him to a show, and so I was like, okay, I guess I guess I'll invite him because I felt like that was kind of bold to do. But um, I invited him, and he said, uh, "This is like June 2016," and he says, like four years later." Yeah, four
1: yeah, and half years later. yeah. Okay. And
0: so he says, "I'm." Um, It's really crazy here at CMA Fest in Nashville, and that's just like nuts for us. So would you be willing to just come play for our A&R team and just bring your piano and do your new songs here? And I was like, yeah, of course. And I didn't realize how cool that was like to have that opportunity. Um, But it was amazing having known him um, for the several years that I had and just asking him questions along the way I wasn't like super nervous to play for them and so I just like went and played like four songs for them and sang my heart out and a uh, Taylor Lindsay on their team was just like you need to move here now and I was like well y'all aren't offering a deal <laughs> so I don't know what I'm supposed to do and within two weeks I had contacted my friend who was bartending in Green Hills and had known a girl who was living in Madison. I just lived in a room in her house and um, moved to Nashville two weeks later and can't believe it.
1: And now you have a deal with?
0: Sony RCA. And as soon as I got to Nashville, I I was bartending every night and songwriting every day. And I'm thankful for that year of songwriting because I met so many people. I was thankful and blessed to be in a lot of really just just rooms with really brilliant people and ended up signing with them. I didn't know they were just as serious about signing me as an artist. Like I thought they loved me as a songwriter, but I was surprised like about a year into moving, um, Jim said, Hey, we want to, um, schedule a meeting and you just play us some of the new songs you've been writing in town. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And at the end of that meeting, they offered me a developmental deal. And I was just blown away because I wasn't expecting that at all. And um, I mean, I guess I was very naive to how the industry works. So they probably said words that I didn't realize meant that they were wanting to sign me. But I was just so honored. And now I have an EP out and damage just went to radio, and I'm just really thankful. It's a pretty amazing story.
1: It's crazy that you're just playing at a little restaurant.
0: I know you would never know. And
1: then it doesn't work out the first time, but then it kind of works out the second time, and in the mm-hmm. end, it, it all kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It was
0: really crazy and very like a lot of people that I've met while I was on radio tour. We've just talked about how amazing it is that everybody has just a break. And, like, whatever your break is, like, it's just someone really, really helping you out and seeing some potential in you. And I'm just thankful that I was playing that night at that restaurant or else we would have never met. And my life could be totally different. So it's pretty amazing.
1: That's the title of this podcast? (laughs) It's Rachel Womack, parentheses, and how she was discovered playing in a rotating restaurant. (laughs) <laughs> make that people will click on that have you seen the um, you have Netflix you have, yes you have, you have I Netflix. love Netflix have you, have you watched the Firefest documentary yet
0: no I don't know what that is
1: oh man you should watch it okay it's uh, there was a big Tell festival me. two years ago they were planning in the Bahamas and how this dude actually screwed a bunch of people out of their money and it's he's in jail now okay and it's, it's good you should watch okay. it okay F- it's y- interesting FYRE yeah I remember the news when it happened it's kind of the thing everybody's talking about right now. Yeah. And I want you to be part of everybody, and I want you to be able to Thank talk. you. Hey, okay, yeah. cool. So there's a, there's one on Hulu, and there's one on Netflix. Do you have Hulu? Uh,
0: yes.
1: Do you watch anything on Hulu?
0: I, um well, I missed The Bachelor this week, so I'm going to be watching that on, on, oh crap, I was supposed to watch, yeah, I was supposed to watch that tonight, but hopefully I can make it in time, because I think it's on at 7 tonight on Hulu.
1: Okay, I'll get you out of here.
0: No, no, no. You're fine. Oh, my gosh. You're so fine. But, um, what do you watch on Netflix? So right now, I've been having bad dreams after watching um, You. Have you heard of it? I
1: watched the first episode. Now,
0: Bro, <laughs> I just finished the season. Mike, so.
1: have you seen it? I haven't heard of it. I haven't <sighs> seen it yet. Okay. So I watched the first episode of You. Mm. And a bit, I thought it was a little too creepy for me. Because it's about mm-hmm. what I've seen. You, I don't want you to spoil it for me. but it's I will a, not
0: spoil it.
1: It's about this dude. By the way, really good looking dude. Did
0: you watch Gossip Girl? No. He's on Gossip Girl too.
1: Oh, he's a little too good looking for me. I, where I get Really? Little, I get a little resentful. I
0: don't think he's that cute. You don't? No.
1: Oh, I think he's like super cute. I think he's super cute, right? Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: I uh, think he's okay. but
1: And he works at a bookstore.
0: Yeah. Which she, is so cute. That is cute. You know?
1: And then he's she nerdy. goes in and gets a book, and he's like, "Oh, I think I'll hit on her." And then he like stalks her and like finds everything about her, and that's all yes. I know. Because that.
0: that's that's they tell all that in, in episode one.
1: And episode one's all I've watched, but I I didn't know <laughs> if I wanted to go to episode two or not.
0: I know, same. So we, I can't watch. Did, I can't watch like thriller stuff by myself normally, and I don't watch scary movies like at all. And um, this weekend we did like this last minute random, uh, show with Brett Young opening up for him in Missouri. And so on the way to, and from the show, um, it was seven hour drive. I binged the show with my manager who had seen the whole show. So she was rewatching it with me and it is crazy.
1: Should I watch it? I think I you should like definitely watch
0: it. No, it's... Well, I I just have very vivid dreams at me night. Me too. I,
1: I tried to read Twilight, and I couldn't, because I got nightmares. <laughs>
0: that's great.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I No, like, I'm I, I didn't
0: sleep well last night. Like, I'm really tired today, because I dreamed about him stalking me last night. I know! I no, know it's bad. But the show is so good, and it's... I love it, because... There's so many twists, like the whole time, and if I don't know if you've seen like a lot of the feed on like Twitter or whatever. I try to avoid
1: anything I'm currently watching. Well,
0: I haven't. I haven't seen the feed, but my my bestie is she is on top of all feed, um, and she was saying that a lot of people like him because of some of the things he does.
1: Well don't spoil it for so me or So He's my listeners. like I'm the gonna...
0: protagonist antagonist mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because
1: in in episode one he has a great relationship with the kid and next to the And, he's like and he continues kid. that, I'll
0: tell you that. Yeah.
1: It's almost like you ever watch Dexter. He has
0: some great side No.
1: So Dexter is a serial killer.
0: I know, Where and I you... didn't want to watch that.
1: Where you're oh it's such a good show. And you're mm. like, oh man a serial
0: I want to root against him. But he's also like a good dude. I know. See that's well, and you I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, don't but spoil that for me. But you learn why, you know, somewhat why he um, does the things he does.
1: Okay, like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. You ever read that or watch that? No, I read it and you, the first one. Yeah, I read it. The movie was weird.
0: I never, I never saw either of them. I read the it new one or the old one.
1: I feel like I have to stay up on. All big things yes. so I can talk about. Yes. It. And then I lost a bet on the show where we all drew, <laughs> and I, I lost. I had to read the book, and it was pretty good. It's fine.
0: Yeah. But, but that thing was is, it as good as the movie. I don't.
1: Re- I don't remember finishing the movie. Okay. What I remember about the yeah. book is and how it relates is that that because he's there's bad a reason. too. Yeah. There's a reason he's like he. I don't know if he's bad, but yes. Okay. What, there's a uh, reason yeah, he's like he know. is. And uh-huh. you go, oh.
0: Exactly. Like you have. They do a great job of developing him as a character throughout the series and it's only 10 episodes and so you do feel for him but you're also like bro like my best my bestie was like never mind i'm not i can't, I'm not i'm not gonna give away for you have to watch it though okay, watch it i
1: will watch more of you i'll give it two more episodes before i make my decision no, but you have to watch
0: definitely fire. if you watch two
1: you have to watch fire you're gonna Fest, watch all of them the documentary
0: Okay, yeah, I will, and I'll, I'll watch Dexter, but I'll watch it with no, somebody. Dexter's
1: like eight seasons; like it's a great show. But
0: oh, dang! Don't yeah, this is only one season. Don't so commit you're to like, that for me.
1: Just watch the okay. Firefest documentary. What we'll do is, okay. when we get the phones in here. We'll call her and get an uh, update on a podcast. Okay. okay. So let me know after you're done with that, and we'll get a re- recap on this podcast. Okay. Of the Fire Festival.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: Um, anything you're watching? You know what I watched on Amazon was I'm still watching it is, um, uh, Man in High Castle. Mm-mm. no mm-hmm. I just started because a friend was like you gotta watch it yeah it's like if World War II would have ended the other way mm-hmm. where we got beat and Japan and Germany won mm-hmm. America was taken over by them oh but anyway crap it, the idea is very interesting the movie okay. it's a little slow okay you ever see you ever watch Amazon anything on Amazon
0: no have you ever seen The Office
1: shut your <laughs> face I watch it all the time <laughs> all the time
0: so I watch it probably more than you do. There's no, no way. <laughs> yeah, I do. Do you
1: like Scott's Tots or no? Okay. Exactly. No. <laughs> How do you not know what Scott's Tots is? Every so that's the episode that people Tom. can't decide if they love it or hate it. Scott's Tots is where Michael Scott tells these kids in kindergarten he's going to pay for their college.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah.
1: And then he goes back and he's like, and, and they throw a big party for him. And they're like,
0: I love that episode just because I love every episode um and over christmas break i got my parents watching and they'd never seen like a for real episode mm-hmm. and now my dad is like binge watching the office for the first time and it's so fulfilling for me that i showed them but i do like that episode even too. though like
1: most people say they don't it makes them uncomfortable i like really i love uncomfortable. uncomfortable me too
0: it's i live that's my
1: best cum- my best comedy to watch and to live
0: mm-hmm.
1: I yes l- uh do you like the dinner party episode where they go over to Jan's and Michael's apartment, condo.
0: Yes. And, and it's super uncomfortable. The whole
1: thing. Like she's done yes. the fish ready right. It takes three hours. He has yes. to sleep on the foot of the bed. It's
0: the best. He
1: shows a little TV. She uh-huh. breaks it. That's a good one. Well,
0: and see, that's like my mom at first was like, I just, this is just, it's too uncomfortable. You know, it's too awkward. I'm like, that's the point though, mom.
1: Yeah, because be.
0: it gets you into your weird, you know?
1: I do this joke. I love Uncomfortable, right? And I <laughs> yes. do this joke on my stand up tour. I haven't done it in a bit because I wrote about it in my book, but in my second book. But I go out and I say, um, by the way, I don't, I mean, I, I recently met him, but I haven't known my biological father. He mm-hmm. left when I was like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, um, I say, uh, man, i am this joke in so long. But it's, I got on Facebook, and you know how they do that thing where they recommend friends you should know. Yes. They recommended my biological Stop. father. Stop! Stop! I said that's so I, wrong. I said, but I don't.
0: Well, what is your crowd? Well, and they—they they don't know if they well, can laugh or not. Just
1: wait. So, <laughs> so they go. Uh. So I'm like, no, no, that's okay, it's okay. I said, well, I, listen, sorry about that. I'd like to do an impression now, and they're like, okay. i would like, I like to do an impression of my biological father with Stop. me with me as a kid, <laughs> and then I just walk off stage. <laughs> And I just, I just stand off off stage, like to the side. You can't even see me. But they laugh. It's it's night by night. Honestly, (laughs) sometimes they laugh. Sometimes they're like, "That's so good." But like, I live for that kind of humor.
0: Oh, it's the best when we can laugh at just. But that's the best thing about comedy, you know. It like just it breaks open all barriers.
1: I'm a big fan of comedy where you know some people will get pissed because. Comedians will do something mm-hmm. that they don't agree with, right? Mm-hmm. Or they'll go, that's over mm-hmm. the line, or you shouldn't have said that. And then they go, we should boycott. I'm a big fan of letting the market decide what you should and shouldn't go to. Meaning, mm-hmm. if someone says something and you don't agree with it, just, it doesn't have to be comedy. It can be anything. Just even a TV show. Yeah. Don't watch it. Okay. Don't let them Let the market decide. Don't watch it. Go ahead.
0: Here's the big question. Go ahead. This is if we're real friends or not. Okay, go ahead. Um, cause obviously I messed up the tots. Um, how do you feel about Jack Black? Jack Black? Yes.
1: I mean, I used to really, really think he was funny in his heyday. Yes. I haven't seen him a lot lately. Um, I
0: love him. Except
1: for kids, like the kids movies. Does he do like kids cartoons? Or something now? Kung Fu Panda? Stuff like that? Yes. But I, lo- I really like Jack Black when he was really like in, in. He,
0: he is my number two next to Steve Carell as far as, I th- and I think I like the most about Jack Black is he's really talented, like really like.
1: Oh, yeah. He can sing. He can write. He can he's
0: sing. Yes. Go ahead. But he doesn't take it seriously.
1: Or does he take it so seriously you just don't know? That's what I would put him at.
0: He's yeah. He's so good at it. But he, but he gives you just enough to be like, oh, wait, he's really good.
1: Some people are annoyed by him because he's a lot.
0: I love him. Yeah, I'm not. I love him. Nacho like Libre, very cool.
1: Hey, Mike D, that's you know about School that. School of one. Rock, yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I understand. <laughs> yeah, School of Rock is good, huh?
0: Yeah, I just watched it actually.
1: To you, who is the funniest person alive? Oh,
0: I love Steve Carell. It's
1: a fine answer. There's no wrong answer. Go ahead, give me, a, give me. I'm trying Steve to think Carell. of. Um, Do you put Jack Black at number two?
0: Um, yeah. Gosh, but I don't, I don't listen to a lot. I I listen to like a lot of clean stuff Mm -hmm. as far as comedians go. So that rules out like a lot of people. And number three, I love Tim Hawkins. Do you know him? Mm -hmm. He's funny.
1: Christian comedian. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's funny. I listened to him uh, while I was on radio tour and he, he was really funny. He has a podcast called potty break Mm -hmm. and it just was just funny. Easy listening.
1: I don't curse in my acts.
0: Mm-hmm. I, don't
1: curse, I don't curse ever.
0: I only cuss in the car.
1: I used to. I don't curse at all anymore. Just because I'm not against it. I used to curse awesomely. I was a hilarious cursor. Yeah. <laughs> but then I realized I couldn't write or, or, or without writing cursing and then go, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't work because I don't want to do that on stage. I just stopped. I limited all on right. cursing. Um, but some of my favorite funniest people. My top three. Tell me. Number one. it's tough I gotta remember my order I think that I'm gonna see where I'd rank them Mm -hmm. because Chris Rock is up there for me (laughs)
0: he's so funny he's great
1: Ricky Gervais he's great and I think Adam Carolla is super funny so I would go if I were ranking the three I would go because Ricky Gervais created The Office
0: yes you ever watch the,
1: The British Office
0: no, you but and I heard it's great. You
1: should, and it takes a second because it's, I really, it's really want to watch it. Turn the closed caption on because there will be things they say you don't understand. Okay, and they're just references that you won't get. That is great to know. But it's great, and you see how the the characters were based on the American version. Wait, you see how the American characters were based on the British version? Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Quickly, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go.
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Ricky Gervais first, okay. Chris Rock second, Adam Carolla third.
0: That's, that's stacked
1: those are my picks that's
0: great my okay. D as we're about to
1: wrap this up do you have anything yeah I go Dave Chappelle number one okay yes and then I love Dimitri Martin like his Super comedy funny. Is like yes his drawings are hilarious right on <laughs> and then I really like John Mulaney like his last Ooh. two specials are probably my one of my favorite comedian specials ever did you watch the uh what was it? Sebastian Garnikowski whatever his name is the new special I haven't seen it yet no everybody says it's really funny you, you like comedy huh
0: yeah you I do. like to laugh Who doesn't like to laugh? (laughs) I love to laugh. All right,
1: let me run down this list real quick. Uh, Would you rather go to the mountains or the beach? Mountains. NFL or college football? NFL. Really? Even being from Alabama?
0: Well, my family would say college because they're like the biggest Roll Tide fans, but Mm -hmm. my boyfriend is a big Chiefs fan, so I've been trying to just, you know, support him even though they lost, but love them.
1: L.A. or New York? Where would you rather be? L.A. Would you rather read the book or watch the movie first?
0: Watch the movie.
1: Would you rather uh, go watch Adele or Carrie Underwood?
0: Uh, Adele.
1: Pancakes or waffles?
0: Waffles.
1: Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? <sighs>
0: Backstreet
1: Boys. Ooh, we, I thought we were friends. We are not.
0: <laughs> we are not friends anymore. Come on.
1: Uh, the Office or Friends?
0: Oh, no. Don't make me do that. Go ahead. The office. Yeah, you have to. Do that.
1: And then finally, ballads or up tempos. Which would you rather listen to?
0: Ballads. Yeah, me
1: too. Other than the Backstreet Boys, we're pretty right on in friendship.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's good to know. Uh, you would go to the mountains?
1: I don't care either way. I would just go to wherever if if I had a girlfriend, I'd be like, Where do you want to go? Alright, cool. That's nice. Yeah, it's all the same.
0: hmm
1: I don't know anything about either one of them. Uh yeah. Okay. I love that. We're gonna end this? Okay. I'd like to finish it with a nice story. Put a bow on it. Yes. Once upon a time, I think it was maybe the summer of 2018, I was doing a sh- One of my friends had called and said, hey, would you come and uh, perform at my show? And mm-hmm. I was like, sure. I said He said, would you come do a couple songs, do one of your Comedy Raging Idiot songs, and you and I will perform together. And I said, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. And it's a friend I care about a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course. You've done things for me. I do things for you. That's how friendship works.
0: Yes. We it's, love each other.
1: Absolutely. So I, so I go, and he's, he's putting on the show, and it's at the Ryman Auditorium. And I was like, <laughs> this is crazy. I'm playing the Ryman again. And I go out, and before the show, I'm doing a bunch of interviews for, and, and my friend's name was Darius Rucker, who uh, you probably know as a solo artist, was a Hootie and the Blowfish. And I'm there, and I'm doing interviews before. And there was this new artist that I went up to, and I said, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I said, I'm by bones. And... <laughs> She totally ignored me. I don't know if she didn't see me or maybe she doesn't remember. It was very brief, and I was like, Hey. And she went to her next interview. Her name was Rachel Womack. <laughs>
0: that must have been somebody else.
1: Because no.
0: <laughs> I brought it up like three Bobby, times. Bobby, listen up, listeners. Remember. Go ahead. Bobby is listen up, bullcrapping listeners. y'all. Because he bullcrapped this, me. He told I, me this story. It's this a true story. I don't remember lies. He told me, I would have definitely remembered if Bobby came up to me and was like, Hey, Rachel, what's up? Like
1: I wasn't saying Rachel. I said, and I said, hey, Rachel Walmack. I'm a big fan. Something like that. I didn't introduce myself. I uh-huh. bought bones because I don't I don't do that. And we were doing interviews around like this half circle in a side room.
0: Yeah, I was there, yeah, but I, I didn't. You weren't, okay. you weren't there. You weren't there. I'd
1: like to end on that story because you never know. That's
0: a great <laughs> fake story. And to end, I'm gonna play a
1: little bit of my boyfriend doesn't speak for me anymore. This is a Rachel Walmack song. Play a little my bit. My boyfriend! just
0: about my ex my boyfriend gets so much crap for this song
1: your current boyfriend yes the boyfriend you have now gets the crap. boyfriend
0: i have now yeah. um he gets a lot of crap for this song but he's so easygoing about it he's like oh yeah oh, you know
1: what's your boyfriend now do see music he
0: um he is in school at trevecca oh, no, down is. in downtown nashville
1: yeah to do what is he gonna treat you right and, and- he
0: Yes. He treats me like a queen. Right. He's so kind. And I know you mean that. He's from Montana, which is the reason that I said uh, the mountains, Mm. because last year I went with him to Glacier National Park, um, right outside of his hometown, and just it blew my mind because I'd never seen mountains before. That was the first time ever. So. I've got a great one.
1: All right. And, and I know you mean it because you told me that before we even came up here. Yes. So, okay. Uh, Rachel Womack, we've done an hour. Is this the longest interview you've ever done?
0: Yes. We've,
1: and you did pretty good.
0: Thank you. I, you know, I use my tools. She got, she got a new toolkit before, <laughs> before the
1: interview. My, Thank you, Bobby. I was talking to her before and she was like, "Rachel's was like, I'm not that witty. No. And I was like, it's okay if you're not funny. He goes, No, no, I'm funny. <laughs> I know. She, goes, not witty. she goes, I'm just not that witty. <laughs> and I was like, Don't focus on things that you're not. Like, really find your strength. And she was like, okay, We're nah,
0: focusing I'm on funny. my strengths. That's right. That's right. All right.
1: Yes. Uh, Rachel Womack. W A M M A C K. Because I bet you everybody's like, How do you say your name?
0: Yep. Wamack. Rachel. Thank y'all so much.
1: To be fair, it does look like WAMAC.
0: It does. It looks like Walmart. Whatever. Rachel. I don't I don't mind.
1: Rachel Womack. If stream. you say it wrong,
0: I'll still be your friend.
1: Stream. Download. Go uh, buy a ticket and watch her play if she's ever anywhere near you. And that is all for this time. Class of yes. 2019. See Rachel y'all
0: Womack. in the festivals this summer.
1: Uh, are you playing Fire Fest this year? <laughs> um, watch it, then let me know. <laughs> all right? All right. Episode 153. Bye, guys. This festival and concert season will be All about the boots, and Tecova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tecova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecova's has first-wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecova's store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecova's.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.